someone else was hiding in his office, he took his seat once more. He reached for the school intercom and, in a barely audible voice, said, "'I regret to announce that the school musical has been cancelled. That is all.' Headmaster Doozy leaned back in his chair with a satisfied sigh. At least now he wouldn't be the only one having a bad day. The First Chapter in which we meet Timothy Freshwater on the day he is expelled from the last school in the city at the tender age of eleven. Timothy Freshwater was used to people telling him he was too smart for his own good. No, not quite used to it, more like tired of it. Every parent-teacher conference it was the same thing. That lad is bored. That's the problem. Timothy knows too much. Have you been reading to him? He would stare past whichever teacher it was this year and cross his eyes so his vision would get all blurry. And whichever teacher it was, they too, blurred altogether, would drone on and on about his potential. That really he would be a lovely boy if only he would, you know, and they would give him a hasty glance, apply himself. Whatever. Because Timothy knew the truth. What worried his teachers wasn't that he was too smart for his own good. What did they care if he was bored in class? The same could be said of two-thirds of his peers. No, what worried them was that he was too smart, period. He was smarter than all of them, and this put them on edge. And what he was smartest about, although Timothy himself didn't know it, was figuring out what other people were thinking, especially grown-ups, especially authority figures. He could interpret every twitch of their eyebrows and every drop of sweat on their upper lips. He could just about watch their thoughts go by like pictures on the telly. He was that clever at reading the signs. So his teachers drew back from him. They shrank into corners when he walked down the hall, and they punished him whenever they got the chance, and that's why they expelled him, time after time. Sure, at Reeling Comprehensive they said it was because he stuffed Dirk Walker into his locker, and at The Fortunate School for Boys because he carefully placed steaming dog droppings in his fifth-grade teacher's briefcase. It wasn't because he organized a student walkout protesting the removal of French fries from the school lunch menu at Central Tech. Oh, and it most definitely was not because he plastered posters around Arlington Elementary showing the headmaster kissing the art teacher. No. It was because he could outthink them all, and they knew it. And it terrified them. In third grade, for example, he had tormented his teacher by answering all the math problems on the chalkboard before Mr. Inkelmeyer had finished drawing the equals sign. It had become a bit of a race, and had resulted in Mr. Inkelmeyer's spraining his index finger in his haste to beat Timothy to the punch. There was that fourth-grade science class when he had drawn an anatomically correct picture of Mr. Plink, complete with labels, and made a photocopy for everyone. And, of course, there had been his rather short-lived glory of winning the Creative Writing Award in second grade, until a substitute teacher pointed out that Timothy's piece, The Happy Chipmunk, was actually an allegory for something far more sinister. Yes, they were all petrified of him, sitting there in the back row, scrutinizing them carefully. They never knew when he would strike next— He would rock back and forth in his chair, making sure it squeaked ominously. He always found a chair that squeaked ominously. 
He was so good at squeaking ominously that he managed to make fifth-grade teacher number two burst into tears. Well, bully for them. He wouldn't sit idly by and let them smugly tell him what was what, when they didn't really know themselves. They knew what was in their textbooks, but if you asked them questions, real questions, then they'd crumple onto the floor. Timothy used the Socratic method. He asked questions he knew the answers to, just to get a rise out of them. So, of course, it was no surprise when he was finally expelled from Montgomery. "'Well, that's that, then,' said his father, squinting over his steering wheel and taking a left turn rather abruptly. "'There are, officially, no more schools left. You must be really proud of yourself.' Timothy shrugged. Whatever. What am I going to write to your mother? Why are you asking me that? His father sighed. Timothy's father.